to the Ricky episode, episode 24. You guys good? I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. Welcome to the Ricky Henderson podcast, the greatest of all podcasts, the GOAP. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RickyBlog. Yeah, for this one, we have my dear friend Manolo Hernandez-Duen. I've known him for about 10 or 11 years now, and he's the A's color commentator on their Spanish radio broadcast, along with his partner, Amari P. Gonzalez. And yeah, he's a journalist. He's been covering sports for nearly 50 years. September marks 50 years for him. And he's only missed two games in the past 13 years since he's been on the A's radio broadcast at the Coliseum. So this man has seen a lot of A's baseball. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Manolo. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Manolo, how are you, my friend? It's a, a good to see you. Uh, good to see you again. It's been a long time. It's always uh, great to see you. You know, it's a big, big, big pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to you. It's a good friend from a long time ago. Yes, yes. You've always been super nice to me. I've known you for about 10 or 11 years now since uh, since Jane Lee was there. It's, it's crazy. It's been that long, you know. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I really miss those times, you know, being at batting practice and just just walking, just talking around. And, and uh, I remember you used to say, uh, I, I wish there was 10 games a day. Uh, you, you wish there were 10 baseball games a day. Do you still feel the same way? Do you, do you wish there was, you know? All the yeah, time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I love sports. I, la- I love the idea to get up in the morning, is knowing that I'm going to go to a sporting event, interviewing a professional athlete or an amateur athlete, you know, getting the news out of some uh, uh, information, either sports or anything related with uh, journalism. It's a, it's a passion. It always has been a passion for me, and, and I love it. Yeah, and, and I'm curious, what's the story behind your hat? You always wear these hats, the the, the NBA Finals hat. Right now, you're wearing a 1988 NBA Finals. Uh, were, were you there? Yeah, covering, I, were you there covering the, the, the those those events? Yes. It, uh, it, well, I had 1987 until about two years ago. I remember. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the usage of time, you know, <laughs> totally destroyed. And uh, my friend uh, Jenny McCauley, you know, of course, you know Jenny. Jenny, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's always, uh, you know, making jokes about the state of that uh, <laughs> app. It's in a very bad shape. And, you know, especially these days of a uh, pandemic, you know, you can't be using those things around. So I changed to <laughs> 1988. Yeah, those days, those days, I also had the pleasure to cover uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. Because when I used to live in the uh, Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. that's the area here in the United States where I have lived the most, you know, probably uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Then I used to cover the Dodgers and the Angels and also the uh, Lakers and the Clippers. That was so the I Showtime. Covered... That was like the Showtime. Era, yes, right? I was yeah. lucky. Yeah, I was very yeah. lucky wow, to cover those, those teams. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. And it's always fun. Well, well, so in 1988, were you at the World Series there? The A's Dodgers, uh, were you there for that one as well? The A's Dodgers 1988, which was the previous World Series that the Dodgers won before this last one. 1988 uh-huh. yeah. that everybody on the planet was expecting the athletics to win <laughs> and uh not only to win but to yeah. sweep the dodgers because really that's a- that that's what it, the vibe was like yeah oh yeah, yeah. They, they had such a powerful team uh-huh. and uh the dodgers had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. they had a lot of injuries including kirk gibson that nobody thought he was going, even going to play in the world series and we all know what happened with that single at bat that he had yeah. Decided in the first game, and then they went off from there and, and went in the World Series in five games. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I was fortunate to cover that one. I was working, uh, let me see, I was working for a paper by the name of Noticias del Mundo mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. I was a sports editor from that paper. Uh-huh. And then we, we covered the games. Uh, well, of course, we covered the whole season. 
Then we cover the games. It started in uh, Los Angeles. First two games were in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I went to uh, Oakland to cover uh, the rest of the series. The, the only win by the Athletics, I remember, was uh, with a home run by uh, Mark McGuire uh -huh. in the Coliseum. It was a very close game. Uh, if uh, memory doesn't fit, I think it was two to one. And then the A's won, but that was the only win, uh, win for them. Yeah. Yeah. That must be so great to cover World Series, man. Hopefully I get to do that one day. You know, I'd, I'd really love to feel that magic. Uh, uh, but but this year you're going to uh, be calling 60 games with Amari, right? Amari P. Gonzalez on the uh, uh, KIQI 1010. Is that right? For the A Spanish radio games? Is that right? Yes. And, and also Jose Orellana is on in our booth. Uh, Jose Orellana, who is our producer and also a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. We have been doing this uh, for, uh, I would say, 13 seasons. 13 seasons in a row. We started with another company, then we moved to KIQI. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has been a privilege because this is something that, uh, you know, besides the journalism, which I love, I have been doing journalism for, uh, and September 1st is going to be 50 years. Wow, doing 50 the, years. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Yes. And um, I also, since I was a kid, I dreamed uh, to broadcast uh, major sports. I, in Venezuela, I did it in basketball. And here I have the privilege to do it in baseball. So it's, it's the best of two worlds. You know, I write stories and I also broadcast games, which is wonderful. Wonderful. That's amazing. So, so, uh, so yeah, do you, do you enjoy, um, yeah, because I, I know you're still in the, the Zooms every day. You're talking questions every day. Do you, do you enjoy reporting more? Do you enjoy announcing or do you like both? Do you enjoy both? Well, I think the answer will be both. But yeah, of course, yeah. I, 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 I will lie if I said that uh, journalism was not my, well, Broadcasting mm -hmm. is part of journalism, of course. Yeah, and uh, you know, being a being a, a, a reporter and a writer and a sports editor since I was 19, 20 years old, you know, it's fascinating. Every day, you know, from scratch, a story could be born, and then you have this huge responsibility to take the, the facts and write that story, and to people to know what really happened, you know, not to invent anything or anything. But you know, sometimes you talk to, for example, we're talking today, you and me. Mm -hmm. And then I will have the privilege to talk to you and write your side of the story and then make the public know about what you are saying. And that uh, it, it will not change for me ever. You know, it's, fast, it's a fascinating experience being a journalist uh -huh. and um, also taking it to the radio, you know, to talk on, 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 the, on the games, you know, broadcast the games. You know, it's always fascinating for me to broadcast a home run, for example. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, every aspect of the, of the game you could, either write on it, be the sports editor for it, or broadcast for it. Everything I love about my career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I read you were uh, the 1979 Sports Writer of the Year in Venezuela. Is that right? Who, who were you uh, covering? Who were you working for? And what were you doing at that time? Yes, I was working for a paper by the name of Meridiano. Uh -huh. Meridiano is, uh, made history in Venezuela journalism because uh, it was the first uh, national a uh, daily sports newspaper. The that only was thing it. it had... was strictly sports. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they had yeah. they had sports, and then they had news about TV and and and, and you know, uh, music and and radio at the back of the paper, and then most of the paper, it, like say seventy five percent of the paper, it was a tabloid, mm. and it's still it's still a tabloid. That paper, you know, it it, it was born by the idea of having us. Uh, we have in Venezuela a lot of very good papers well in those times 
because now we know everything is covered, <laughs> controlled yeah, yeah. by the government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to get into that, but you know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in those in those days, we had a wonderful press, a wonderful mm-hmm. press. We had a lot of big, 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 big uh, papers, national papers, El Nacional, El Universal. But then came this idea of uh, Meridiano, where a group of sports uh, uh, journalists decided to uh, found uh, uh, Meridiano. I was, uh, it was my privilege to be part of, the, of those. Uh, although I, my career started in 1971 for an international uh, uh, wire service by the name of EFE. Mm-hmm. It's, the same as, it's the same as Associated Press very famous in Europe and Latin America. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I started in FA 1971, I had to write about everything. So you, you from, were, is this just out of college? Just You were just fresh out of university? You got a job there? Or? Good question. I, I already was collaborating with some people, but I was still in college. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I, I still had two or three years to go in college. Mm-hmm. So this this uh, work in 1971 was, uh, you know, like a uh, mostly weekend thing and very light, very late at night information. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I used to go there uh, to press conference by the president of the, of the country, which his name uh, was Rafael Caldera, twice uh, president of, of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And I was able to uh, to ask questions and write stories. That's amazing. Just imagine, yeah, just imagine how, so pro- how, pro- how proud this is. I, I was, you know, being a very young kid, and being able to be a part of a press corps of uh, hundreds of writers and in the White House there standing in, uh, in, uh, in front of Mike, asking the president of the country. So, uh, you know, and of course, the last, uh, the whole the, uh, 50 years of my career in journalism, I also have had the enormous privilege to talk to a lot of great athletes in every sport. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it has been fun. And, and, and basically it's important because as a journalist, you know that, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we have something in our blood that we say to or the body says to us and the brain, you have to inform about something today and you better do it good. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. That's, that's our life and I love it. You don't make that much money, but I love it. I just love to be a journalist. That's amazing. I never knew that about the Venezuelan president. That's amazing. I never, that's a, it's so cool. Um, so what is it like, um, now, I, well, I'm curious, you, you know, you know, you've been covering Venezuelan baseball for so long. Uh, the A's just played the Astros. When, when did you first hear of Jose Altuve? When, when did you, when was he first on everybody's radar? When he was, how, how old was he? Well, he was just a kid. He was just a kid. And, uh, and uh, I did not meet him in Venezuela because this is one change that has been in my life, which I would have wished it would have been different. Before, when I used to cover up sports in Venezuela for a decade in my country, Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the uh, privilege of knowing the Venezuelan players since they signed their first contract. Mm-hmm. And then I followed them through here in the United States because I used to come back and forth from Venezuela to the United States. I, I, I came here for good in 1982. Before mm-hmm. that, I, I used to go back and forth, come to spring training to all star games and things like that. Uh-huh. So all of those are young athletes, for example, Osvaldo Guillén, who we knew from being the first uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Latino to win a World Series. He, he did it with the White Sox. You know, I met him when he was a kid. He was only 16 oh, really? years old. Oh, that's amazing. When he was only 16 years old. But then when I moved here to the United States, it was kind of different because then I met the athletes when they were already here in the majors. I didn't meet them when they were down there in Venezuela. But I do know I do know their stories. Mm-hmm. Altuve, for example, was, on, was a kid when he played in Venezuela with the Navegantes del Magallanes. Mm-hmm. which is one of the most popular uh, teams in, uh, 
in the history of of of, of Latin America. Was he a, was he a popular player when he was coming up there? Because he's so small and everything, and so good. I'm sure he was, he was very, very popular. He was very yeah, popular. Yeah. Well, he was a teammate of Elvis Andrews. Who oh, now really? We see, yeah. Now we see playing shortstop for the uh, Athletics after oh. 12 year career with the Rangers, and he was also a teammate of Pablo Sandoval, who we know, of course, because he was a factor in three World Series one by the Giants. That's the kind of team they had on there. Were they all on the same infield together? Like uh, Altuve at second, Andrews at short, and Pablo at third? Mm -hmm. or... I, I wouldn't be sure about that. I, I wouldn't be sure about that because, like I say, I was already here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I was following the, you know, the careers down there because I, I was already living here. But I do know they, they played together, including uh, Elvis had a brother that played in that team. He was an outfielder, Errol mm -hmm. Andrews. So, uh, you know, the we're professional sports in Venezuela taken very seriously. The winter league is very, very good. And then they had a chance to see uh, a lot of those players. And Altuve, before that, you know, uh, nobody wanted to sign him because he was so small. And yeah. then people, people thought that, uh, you know, it, it was crazy to offer him any kind of money. And uh, then, you know, the Astros made history. They signed him. And look at the kind of player he has become. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so you mentioned Ozzy Guillen. I mean, so every time when he would come with the White Sox uh, with managers, was it a really pleasure? It was a great to see him every time he came to the Coliseum. Oh yes, it, yeah. oh yes, because uh, Osvaldo. Well, I call him Osvaldo. Of course, it's Ozzy Guillen here. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he uh, at least with me, you know, he's, he always spoke his mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that sometimes that might have get him in trouble. I know. Because in Miami, for example, <laughs> yeah, I know that. But it was fun to cover him always, always, because yeah. he always spoke his, his, his mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't think, like, he didn't beat the bushes, like we say here, you know, going around the corner to avoid controversy. No. What he thought came out of his mouth. And I love this. You know, I love mm -hmm. this. And, uh, you know, I, I know him since he was very young. I know his wife, whose name is uh, Ibis. Uh, I do not know his kids because, like I say, I was already here in the United States, but they're very good uh, professional people, you know, as uh, they didn't get to the majors as players, but they work very well as, you know, as uh, coaches or managers. Mm -hmm. One of his kids was manager in Colombia, for example. They, they go out in a, a baseball program, which is called La Vida Baseball, which is in Spanish and English. I love seeing them there. But uh, I know uh, Osvaldo, since he was uh, very, very young, he was uh, only about 15 when mm -hmm. I saw him for the first time. Okay. And uh, I mean, do you like uh, being able to cover, I mean, are, are you happy that the A's brought Elvis just as, as a Venezuelan? I mean, it's a, do you just take national pride? I mean, they have him and Petit and I, I know uh, Luzardo identifies as Venezuelan as well. Is that right? Even though he was born in Peru? Is there, yes, yeah. no, Luzardo is a hundred percent Venezuelan. Mm -hmm. The only thing by geography, he was born in Peru, El, uh, which he's also very proud of. But uh, you know, his family mm -hmm. is was living in, in uh, Peru, mm -hmm. and then he just happened to be born there. But when he was a little baby, they moved to the United States and then you know to Florida, and he has been here since. So he has uh, you could be said that he has three nationalities. Mm -hmm. He's Venezuelan. His, his family, everybody from his family is, uh, is from Venezuela. So he is a Venezuelan, mm -hmm. but he was also born in Peru and he lived all his life here in the United States. That's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's, that's so amazing. Yeah, should, yeah. The right thing you should say that he's a Venezuelan. He's a mm -hmm. Venezuelan. Mm -hmm. All his family is Venezuelan and, and everything. And uh, but besides, uh, he's a good guy in every language. You know, he's a fantastic, mm -hmm. you know, somebody we're very proud of. And of course, you know, I have to be objective always. 
Yes. I'm never going to say that somebody, you know, is going to be a Cy Young winner. If you have a 0-15 record, I'm never going to say something like that. Yeah. But I always, uh, you know, uh, try to believe that I still believe in all of those guys because uh, Latin America is very tough mm -hmm. to come up uh, and be in from there. And then being a major league player from there is double tough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very proud of, of those kids. You know, some of them are very successful. Some of them don't make it, but I'm proud of all of them. Yeah. Have you had a chance to get to know Elvis yet or no? I mean, I know it's it's basically impossible because you can't really be in the clubhouse and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. That's that's a very good question. Well, yeah. not now because we have to communicate like you and I are communicating right now yeah, through Zoom. on the Zoom. Yeah. Uh, but I know him for a long time. I know him since he came up as a, as a rookie with the Rangers. Yeah, because they were uh, always in Oakland every a few, a few times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. a lot. Because, uh, yeah. you know, being in the same division, yeah. they played 19 times a year. And sometimes were 10 games here and nine games over there and vice versa. So I have seen him play a lot. He's a very good player. And, uh, you know, now that he's uh, with the athletics, I'm thrilled. You know, he he's, has a lot more experience now. He's coming off some injuries, but he's a fantastic shortstop, a very smart player. You know, he's got a lot of experience. He's got something that some of the players of the A's don't have, which is, uh, you know, going to the World Series not once but twice. He did that when he was just a kid with the Rangers, and that adds uh, to the athletics. He's, he's going to help them a lot. He has not had a very uh, good start with the bat, but, uh, you know, we saw the play the other day. He made, you know, diving in shortstop. He's yeah, a fantastic yeah. shortstop. And um, I think he's going to add a lot to the athletics. And and you've been covering Petit, I mean, because you you cover the Giants as well, right? Um, during their World Series runs and stuff. Uh, how is your relationship with Petit? It's great because he's a great human being. Not me, him. He's yeah. a great human being. Yeah, he's, yeah. Fantastic. he's fantastic. He's yeah. fantastic. Uh, a little shy, maybe a little shy. And uh, when he came up uh, with the when he came to the Giants, because he was already with a lot of teams. He had a, a whole baseball adventure because he had to go to Mexico, you know, and, and other countries, you know, to uh, continue his career because he was cut by teams here in the United States. And then he came to the Giants. He was part of the Giants. He has two World Series rings. And now, you know, he's with the Athletics for the fourth year. He's one of their best uh, relievers. I know him very well. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, we have a lot of respect for each other professionally. You know, I, uh, I'm always going to be objective with him, of course. Whatever he says, that's what goes in the paper or in the radio. You know, I'm very objective with everybody I talk. But I also respect him a lot because, you know, he knows he knows that I'm not going to burn him, you know, printing something that I shouldn't. And he knows that I'm not going to twist what he says. And we have a very nice respect. He tells me a lot of things off the record. And I, I love these kind of relationships with a lot of players, most of them from Latin America. Yeah, and I was going to ask about Omar Vizquel as well. Did you get to? Uh, he he's one of the great Venezuelan players that I got to watch growing up. Uh, did you get to know him as well? Oh yes, yeah. Oh yes, for a long time too, because he precisely, you know, he made his debut with the with the Mariners the same year as Ken Griffey Jr. And we saw him play a lot, a lot. I have a chance to. In most of those days, I was a writer, you know, and a columnist. And I used to cover a lot of his stories. I remember those years when he played with the Cleveland Indians and he made a double play combination with Roberto Alomar, who is in the Hall of Fame. And I think Omar is going to be in the Hall of Fame as well. And uh, I, I, I will put my hand on fire for him, saying he's a great human being. Mm -hmm. I know there's uh, uh, some controversy around him these days, 
But uh, like I say, I, I believe in Omar. I think he's a great uh, human being. Mm. Certainly he was a great player, you know, probably the best shortstop I ever saw, uh, Omar Vizquel. And uh, uh, yes, one day probably we'll have the same conversation about him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, and once once you came to the states in 1982, did you uh, did you go to LA first, or could you spend some time in Miami as well? Is that right? Um, I'm I'm curious. Like, where was your journalism path brought you in in the United States the past couple decades? Yes, it, uh, a good question. It, uh, when I was in Venezuela in the 70s, I used to come a lot to the United States, mm-hmm. you know, to cover spring training and other events, and then I returned to Venezuela. In 1982, I came here for good. And the first place was uh, the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. I, I thought uh, I, that, that was my decision. Why Los Angeles area? Because I always saw Los Angeles area as a you know, venue for a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. You know, they had two baseball teams. They have, uh, well, they still have. They have, uh, because if we have to count Anaheim, which mm-hmm. is not called, uh, is not Los Angeles. They call themselves Los, uh, Los Angeles Angels, but they're not the Los Angeles, they're in Anaheim. Yeah, Anaheim, but, yeah. But, uh, but still, you know, they're only, if you, if you drive with no traffic at all from Los Angeles to Anaheim, which is very difficult, no traffic at all, you will get there in about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not very far. So I said to myself, hmm, this place in the United States has baseball teams. They have basketball teams. They have a lot of boxing because before they had a lot of boxing in, in the forum. Sports mm-hmm. Arena. I, I did cover a lot of fights there in those places. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So I said to myself, well, if I'm able to be there and writing stories from my own country from here, it will be fantastic. So that's the way I started. I used to uh, I used to uh, uh, cover those events and then send back stories to, to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my first experiences here in the United States. Of course, I had a lot of experience coming from uh, Venezuela already. Uh, that's when I started, you know, I, I had a, a, almost 20 years in that area, in the Los Angeles area. Then I moved to Miami. I was the sports editor for El Nuevo Herald, one of the biggest uh, Spanish publications in the United States, for almost a decade. And then I came here to the Bay in the uh, beginning of, uh, let's say, 2007, 2008. And since I have been here. Ah, okay, okay. And uh, so, when did you start? Um, so, so when was the first year you started covering the A's? Was that 20, 2008, around then, or um, two thousand nine, maybe? In in like when Bob Guerin was managing, was that the, the first time? Yes, you were, it was yeah. it was the days of Bob. Of course, I, I used to cover them every time they went to the the uh, the Los Angeles area when they went to play oh, the Angels, for example. Yeah. But then a daily basis, a. Uh, I will say yes. In about uh, 2008, it, uh, from 2009 to this date, I have, I have only missed two games in the Coliseum. Really? That's yes, crazy. Because, That's amazing. Because I'm always I'm always there, either broadcasting or writing. Always, you know. And uh, those two games I missed was this year when they had an All Star game, and uh, I was working for a company you work to. MLB, but in Spanish, it's called Las Mayores. Great mm-hmm. company, great company, great information, great people. I love it. I worked for them almost a decade. Well, so uh, I was uh, covering the uh, All Star Game in uh, New York City that year. So I had a, we had broadcast against the Red Sox. The Red Sox were here in the Bay Area, but then uh, you know I had to leave because uh, they wanted me to be there the whole weekend to talk to some of the Latino young players. Mm-hmm. So I, I went for that and I missed two games. Those are the only two games 
I have I didn't see in uh, the Coliseum for since 2009. I and, can't uh, that's amazing. I didn't know it was like that. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. No, I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. Yeah. That, that, that. <laughs> and I also I also when I'm not in the in the in the Coliseum, I'm at San Francisco uh, covering the Giants. Of course, it has changed a lot the last two years. Not the same thing because you know the pandemic. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't like using public transportation, especially at night. And also BART, you know, now they change the times, you know. Uh, yeah, it starts at like 10 o'clock or something like that, yeah. No, 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 even earlier. Now, uh, I find out yesterday it has increased a little bit, but the last train from San Francisco leaves at 9.20. And we, yeah, we, so, yeah. Before it used to be 11, 11.30. So it makes it tough to cover games there because I live in San Leandro. And, uh, you know, if I have to leave the stadium to get to the last BART, then I'll have to leave in a fourth inning. To finish. So it makes it a little harder. But I'm still planning to go to a lot of games this year, especially when there are day games. And, of mm -hmm. course, when the athletics are not playing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what do you think the A's need to do? To, I mean, they have a tough series coming up here with the Dodgers. Um, I mean, it, it just seems like the whole lineup isn't really hitting right now. I mean, Matt Chapman, I think uh, – let me pull up his – I think he's one for 11 so far. Uh, Elvis Andrews is one for 14. Uh, you know, what do they need to do to get these guys going, you think? Well, you know that baseball is crazy. Baseball is crazy because uh, unlike other sports, if, for example, you – well, basketball is not a daily sport, but let's just imagine that uh, you had to play a, uh, the same team in basketball – three times a week, which is not going to happen. But just imagine, because of the way that sports, if a team beats another 100 by uh, to 60, okay, in basketball, it's very tough that that team that just scored 60 is going to come back and beat the other team. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the forces there in basketball are totally different in baseball. But baseball is so crazy that you can lose a whole series. The A's, for example, allowed 35 runs. To yeah. the Astros in four games, that's a lot. Yeah. They never had a chance in, in several of those uh, games. You know, the Astros had such a, a big lead. But baseball is something that could change from one minute to the other, the momentum. So, you know, you could easily be beaten by another team, which is a very good team, by the way. The Astros are a very good team. Mm -hmm. You know, they won a controversial World Series, but they are still a very good team. And then you could come back and then sweep the Dodgers. And then people will, will, will say to you, whoa, that's not possible. What happened here? No, that's baseball. Baseball is crazy. Yeah. You know, a, a hitter could go 0 for 4, like you just said, we're throwing up some numbers there. Mm -hmm. Easily in a game, it could happen easily in a game. A hitter goes 0 for 4, striking out four times, missing pitches like crazy, then mm -hmm. come up in the ninth inning and hit a grand slam and decide the game. Yeah. So baseball, <laughs> that's yeah. baseball. That's baseball. Yeah, yeah. So. I would yeah. say to the A's fans that probably are watching this, you know, don't be desperate. And, well, they should know by now, you know, <laughs> the A's fans are so passionate. Yeah. And uh, they know that, that. And I still believe the Athletics is a very good team and uh, with the potential of probably winning the World Series this year. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, I know it's only four games, and I, and I think they said it too. It's like if this happens in the middle of the season, it's not as big of a deal. But the fact that it's happening right now, Four straight yes. losses. It's it just seems so magnified. Everybody just wants to see a, a win, you know. Just exactly, win. exactly. Well, but that's the way that's that's the way the game is. So, it'll, uh, I'll encourage uh, the fans of the Athletics to keep uh, listening to games, to keep going to the park, keep uh, believing in their team. They have some of the greatest play, players in baseball. Matt Chapman, 
who you just mentioned there is one of the greatest players in baseball. You know, he he uh, he compares favorably to every third baseman. He's the best third baseman this side of the country from Nolan Arenado, which uh, probably you know has higher averages hitting on uh, maybe a little more power. But you know, he's as good or better of third baseman of uh, Nolan Arenado, who was his teammate in high school, by the way. And uh, you know, he's gonna have a good season. He's coming up of a hip over operations. He's going to have a fantastic season. You have Matt Olson, who is a great uh, first baseman uh, and power guy. This is a guy that one day he's going to hit 50 home runs easily. He has that kind of power. Mm -hmm. So they still have a fantastic team, fantastic team. So, you know, I, I expect them having a great season. I know a lot of critics believe that they're only a 500 team. I don't know where they came up from that. You know, they're crazy. Yeah, I you don't know. know. Yeah, I heard that number. I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, those are crazy numbers. You know, they, they they may be thinking of those years with a team is going to have good years or bad years. Maybe thinking of those years when they were really a 500 team. Mm -hmm. But this is a great team. This team won 97 games three years in a row because they won 97 twice. And the amount of wins from last year is they did not play 162, but the number of games the number of wins they get are equivalent to 97. Yeah, so, so it's like three straight years of 97 wins. It's exactly, and how, how come buddy some can figure out that they're going to uh, win 83 or 81 games? They're crazy. You know, this, <laughs> this, yeah, this, this team are, uh, is going to be very interesting west of the American League because they're going to have the Athletics, they're going to have the Astros, and the Angels are going to improve a lot, and it's going to be a three-year monster fight. It's going to be great for baseball in this uh, division especially. Yeah, I mean, Otani looked amazing yesterday. I mean, he hit that. I mean, did you see the home run he hit? And supposedly he pitched a hundred one mile an hour fastball. I mean, it's 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 incredible what they can do now, right? I mean, yeah, Otani is fabulous. You know, he yeah. he made history. He threw pitches over a hundred and he hit uh, uh, yeah. the ball over hundred and fifteen. Yeah. So that combination, you know, I I know a lot of people like to compare him to Babe Ruth. I think it's wrong. Different errors. I don't think somebody's going to be ever like Babe Ruth, but mm -hmm. uh, you know he's a very good modern version. You know he's uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know he's fantastic. I would like him to play every day because I I would like him to be you know next to Mike Trout and make one of the biggest uh, one, uh, combinations of lefty righty hitters. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I also have seen him pitch. He won his first game at the Coliseum. And this is the guy with such talent that one of these days, Mark Mark words, one of these days he's gonna throw a no hitter. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah, because he has yeah. his his stuff is incredible, right? Like he just has yeah. No, 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 everything, everything. You know, he's he's a great athlete, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm happy for him because he's fulfilling his dream because that's the reason why he came to the United States in the first place because he wanted to do both things. Probably if somebody signed him and said, "No, you're only gonna pitch, you're only gonna hit." Probably he would have go elsewhere, you know, because that's what he wants to do, and I'm I'm happy for him because uh, you know his his body, his life has given him this opportunity, and I hope that he he has a very long career in uh, this uh, in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. and, and do you think the A should be um, worried about their bullpen, just the way it's performed so far? It doesn't seem like anybody's really been able to lock it down. Um... So no, I mean, that's that, only that, four, that it's only four games. I mean, I know it's only four games, but uh, yeah, that's that's well, that's part of the horrible uh, weekend they had. But uh, that's a very good bullpen, very good bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. They have something. They they have a situation right now that they should be worried about it. Uh, the the whole bullpen is good, but you know they should be worried about uh, Trevor Ross and tell, 
yeah. who is a famous closer, one of the best closers the last decade, who is injured right now. He has a shoulder injury. And, uh, you know, shoulders are very uh, tricky. You know, it's something they have to be worried about because he throws over 100 miles an hour and he has a shoulder injury. Not a very good combination. 100 miles, shoulder injury. So they have to be very careful with that. He knows that too. So it's somebody that probably is not going to pitch the first month of the season, probably. And that they should be worried about. But their bullpen is very good. It's very good. It was very good last year, and it's going to be very good today. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm curious about, because uh, without Rosenthal, it kind of changes everything. Uh, they don't really have a defined closer, I don't think. I think Melvin will go more matchups. It'll be Diekman for the most part, but it could be other, uh, could be other people as well, you know? I, exactly. I mean, exactly. The, the first, yeah, the, the first name that comes up is Dickman. Mm -hmm. I like Lutrevino in the long run. I like him. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that eventually, maybe not this year, but he's going to be the closer for that team. He has all yeah. the tools. He's a very, very, very good fastball, very good combination of, of pitchers. You know, he has a, he proved in 2018 that he has the talent to close games to be the setup man, you know, right now he's a little earlier in the pen, you know, they're using him at six inning, seven inning, but I think he's got a talent to be someday the close of that team. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, I know was, we kind of went over a half hour, so I'll, I think, I don't know, is there anything else uh, you, you want to talk about or anything you think people should know about this team this year? Um <laughs> Well, you know, as, 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 I, as, as, as we said at the beginning, you know, I just I love this opportunity of talking to you because you're such a good friend. You know, you are so young and you're so talented. I have known you in so many ways covering your events. I know how you take seriously your, your career. And, uh, you know, I just uh, wish I was so young as you to know that I have a, <laughs> oh, no, a longer no. career. But uh, <laughs> I'm very happy for what I have done all my life, you know, 50 years in journalism. September 1st. I That's love amazing. It. Congratulations. I love it. And, yeah, and yeah. I still love it. I still love it. Uh, going to the stadium, covering events, love uh, talking to people, getting the news. I love talking to you. So um, yeah, let's um, let's continue doing this. I hope for more, 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 more years. I, I can't believe only two games missed in the past, you know, 12, 13 years. That's crazy. I can't believe that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why the rest of my personal life is, <laughs> is, is dead because that's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm, I, I, when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking sports. When I go uh, go late at night and sleep, I'm thinking sports. That's the only thing I think <laughs> about. You know, if yeah. I if I had a sports in a in a form of a meal, I'll eat that meal too. You know, <laughs> I just love oh, that, it. That's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Okay, Manolo Hernandez Duan, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, and thank you very much. You're always welcome, my dear friend Alex. Thank you. Gotta love it. Just talking to Manolo gave me energy and. Uh, kind of reminds me why journalism is cool and fun and uh it's really refreshing to hear his perspective and just i could talk to him for hours he's got so many stories i forgot to ask him too he used to be like a world-class track athlete like he was a really good track athlete so we'll get that in the next interview uh, but he's a busy man he's probably heading into the ballpark pretty soon here so a's dodgers tonight we'll see what happens folks they're 0-4 right now but thanks again to manolo hernandez duet for his, his time I'll be sure to check in with him later. Uh, hopefully we get to see each other at the ballpark soon. Thank you guys for listening. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. This has been episode 24 of the Ricky Henderson podcast, the greatest of all podcasts, GOAP.